Welcome back, everybody, to the Off the Top podcast. It's me, Jordan. What up? It's Julian. And right now, I'm currently holding a gold medal for the world's strongest archaeologist you know, and podcaster. You know, I didn't know they had a game for that, but we're going to have to see the highlights soon. Yeah, well, I made it myself. <laughs> Nobody else is invited. Impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to once again thank you guys for showing some love and, you know, interacting with us on the multiple sites we're on. We're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Google Play. Um, if you can sometimes. So right now we have a full crowd of people listening to this right now in this apartment. And if you want tickets for that, we're charging about two grand. So, you know, hit us up. <laughs> two, two grand. That'd be that's it's crazy how good we're doing you you should see the setup for this podcast it's expensive yeah and that's all inclusive if you guys were interested in uh what julian's wearing underneath this hoodie (laughs) (laughs) yeah so today we're going a little different direction talking about apocalypses and zombies yeah and this is kind of like a spur of the moment thing i feel like you know get a little zany out there get a little weird and see how each other would break down, you know, in the survival of an apocalypse slash zombie apocalypse. So first off, uh, what is your experience with zombies? Like, do you like them? Do you hate them? What, what's going on? <laughs> you know, that's a question I don't think I've ever been asked or ever would be asked. But uh, I don't think I have any experience with zombies in the uh, physical form. I know there are video games out there, which those are cool. But I've never incurred a live zombie, unless it counts like people not sleeping. Then I see that all the time. Gotcha. So has anyone ever tried to just bite you? Um, no, <laughs> uh, not about my lifestyle. Has anyone just tried to bite you? I've had people bite me before, but I didn't know what they were trying to do at the time. So, <laughs> but if there was a zombie, obviously I'd know what he, that zombie was trying to do. So good luck. So what do you think would cause the first zombie outbreak? Um, so there's like quite a few, um, scenarios that I believe would cause the first zombie outbreak. And there's also quite a few diseases that interlink together would, um, maybe warrant a zombie kind of actions as far as uh, insomnia and there's a disease that I'm forgetting right now that is basically insatiable hunger and also that turns off basically parts of your brain. I think the prefrontal cortex is one of them that uh, stops people from, you know, recognizing other humans as human beings or recognizing you as my roommate or, you know, stuff like that. So if there was some sort of super disease or bug that went around and did that virus, so to speak, then I think that could possibly happen. And also if it was, you know, exchanged or could be passed on with saliva or, you know, any other bodily fluid, I definitely think that that could be a possible scenario. Hmm. And you think that would bring people back to life after they died or do you think this would happen before? Um, so I definitely don't know of a disease that brings or a virus or anything that brings people back to life. So at that point of them crawling out of the graves, I don't think that I would anticipate that happening, but I could definitely see everybody who's living, Yeah, you know, the living dead, the walking dead. Do you watch the walking dead? I used to quite a bit. 
Yeah, I kind of watched a little bit, then it got kind of repetitive, and I stopped. Sorry if you watched The Walking Dead, but that's just me being honest. Um, I think it would be some sort of, some sort of super strain. Like, I mean, this year's flu was pretty bad, where it's killing like an average like forty people a week for a little while. I mean, that was elders and infants, but still, uh, I think at a certain point in time, there might be antibodies and um, germs and whatnot that are immune to our antibiotics um and maybe that's something that you know kicks up and you know turns someone and combination of other things like you said um is kind of a scenario i could i could see happening i don't know if it would happen but i could see that happening yeah and i would say the more realistic threat is maybe an apocalypse type scenario so for instance i would uh say it would be the likened to you know, possibly getting wiped out by a natural disaster. You know, if you were in Puerto Rico, I'm sure that would feel very apocalyptic, you know, having basically all your infrastructure as far as your energy and, you know, running water and stuff get decimated. And you're kind of out there at your own devices, having your house probably be destroyed and stuff. That sounds very apocalyptic to me. And at that point, and granted, I don't believe that that would happen in that scenario, but I feel like people would be the most to be worried about, even if there were zombies. Yeah. So do you think in our scenario that we'll be talking about today, we'll be talking about a global outbreak or um, like national or intern inside the U.S.? Like a more localized one? Yeah. I think that maybe a national one but to set the scene probably a global one would be the most authentic because if something is strong enough to decimate the u.s which we're in right now it'd probably take down quite a few other countries yeah and i think what i was thinking if it's just in the u.s or it's just in canada and it was that destructive i think other countries would understand that that had to be taken care of where if it just like you know popped off in a little part of america and then popped off in a little part of germany etc cetera, etc cetera, it'd probably spread a little bit quicker before you can send in troops or whatever it is to contain that outbreak yeah and that's the dangerous part about it i mean you see people with uh, the ebola virus or you know swine flu where they had to get quarantined and people carry it without even knowing and travel different places so you definitely could see that happening in the spread of or the, you know, dissemination of the virus or whatever would warrant that to happen. So moving further into our situation, what is this virus called? What are we going to call our virus? Is it, are we going to use a scientific name or are we going to use something that is, you know, more a little bit more fun? Um, what kind of what kind of virus is striking fear in people's hearts um oof that's a great question i i would probably warrant it or like want it to be something that's very menacing uh, um can we call it vacuuming vacuuming uh i mean to dogs that is very menacing <laughs> depending on what kind of dog you have uh, yeah, let's call it vacuum. Let's, let's make it a little bit better. Call it vacuumitis. Vacuumitis. Um, it really just sucks the life out of you. Yeah, it sucks bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's run through this situation. You set the scene. What's going on in the world? Okay. What stage of life we're in? How it's working? All right, I'll paint this picture for you. So you're taking a just a nice steamy dump, and you're watching your favorite John Stamos, and 
all of a sudden breaking news comes out that there's an outbreak and the CDC is recommending everybody stay indoors and basically warranting a curfew and basically a shutdown of sorts. And one of the ground zero outbreaks happens to be the city that you're in right then and there. What do you do first? First, I check um, check where the CC, CDC is cited. Because if it's on BuzzFeed, I'm probably not going to believe it. And then I want to go from there and understand, try to find the pinpoint of the location in my area that has an outbreak. And uh, move away from that one so it comes to a certain area last. And, uh, and at that point, I might you know, go to Costco or the store and stock up on some canned foods. Uh, maybe some frozen items. I don't know. If, I'm assuming we still have power at this point. Um, yeah, kind of just stocking up on some foods. Maybe figuring out a game plan with the other podcaster here and where we're going. Um, and seeing if I can start a little coalition of bad boys or bad people or bad women, whatever you prefer, in a group to protect one another from this outbreak. Um, I mean... To be honest, if you're in my group and you get bit, I'm sorry, but you're done. Um, and then, because I think going in a group is better than riding solo. Because I think riding solo at a certain point, until you're experienced, um, can run into some problems. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you last made. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there is a philosopher called Aesop, I believe. And he said, if you want to, or an African proverb, if you want to travel fast, go alone. If you want to travel far, go together. And it's very interesting that you mentioned your game plan. I didn't hear you wiping at all in that after, <laughs> after you're done. So I'm wondering if that's specific, if there's a reason for that. And uh, also, as far as the BuzzFeed CDC thing, as uh, the CD, the Center of Disease and Control, um, if, if BuzzFeed is a valid um, source for the CDC, then I think it's already done. Like weird, there's no chance for anyone. <laughs> it's already memed. We're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean that sounds pretty solid. What besides that? Where do you hopefully land? Like you know, let's say you get everything. You have your group of people. Who who's in that group? Like who has the skills to do what? Who are you looking for to be in there? Um, I'm looking for about five people, six foot nine and above. That enjoy long walks, um, you know, can have a good conversation. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know, just people who are motivated and committed. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you can pick and choose all you want, but you're wasting time. So just being able to find a group of people that is committed to the, you know, staying safe or getting out of the area, or going to say it's just our area, maybe going to a safe zone and seeing if it gets contained. Um, probably. In, not trying to stay in the area, but like at first try to get at the furthest point away before making a large decision such as, you know, I guess I could have a car at this point or gas. So maybe figure out a strategy and how to conserve gas saying it's, you know, everything goes sideways. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. And in that scenario, I feel like, especially in the area we're at, um, it's extra scary because there's, there's not a lot of people as far as compared to like Los Angeles where it's a big metropolis with, you know, a large, large amount of people. But 
it's a area that could be characterized with a lot of firearms here so that could be also scary and that's when i think that you know being worried about other people would be the leading factor of you know your strategy has to be centered around that not as much the zombies Mm -hmm. so what are you doing in this first scenario so i when i hear this um i first the first thing i do is i fill up all of the receptacles I can with water because regardless of food or anything like that, I think that's the main necessity. And if it's truly as like, you know, bad as maybe the scenario is, I think I'd probably give myself about maybe a week or so, or however long it takes me to run out of the water and go outside. Because I feel like once you're outside, it's, it's kind of a very, very chances game. And there's a lot of opportunities for you to, you know, roll a bad pair. So I, that's the first thing I do. Obviously, get in contact with the people that I care about and know who I feel like would benefit. We benefit symbiotically in a survival relationship. And I mean, I would say just find some sort of way to kind of like batten down the hatches, so to speak. And, you know make it as tough as possible to get in and just kind of ride it out from there. And eventually when I have to go outside, hopefully it's with the group. I kind of have a game plan and it goes smooth. So in this scenario, you're kind of locking down somewhere. And I know our apartment is, you know, 8,000 square feet. Um, but say you're in a small apartment without play a role or would you look for a larger place to yeah, and so an apartment would be very scary just because there's a large amount of people that are very close to you. Um, so yeah, that would also be unfortunate. So you'd kind of want to be in a house, but you kind of got to choose where you're at. So I'm not sure if it would be as advantageous to go to a friend's house or a home and you know settle down there or you know just stop running or don't run the risk of, you know, traveling out and stuff and just be, you know, oh. safe about it. Yeah. Cause I think in an apartment, can you run into the scenario where, you know, there's only a certain amount of exit. So if there's, you know, a good amount around you, you can't really get out, but to say you're at a two story house, you might be able to, you know, do a cool long jump over the top. And I mean, the strong will survive, but mm-hmm. you might lose some on the way. Yeah, and that's one other thing. I I would probably be keen on looking for people in my group that are just slightly slower than me <laughs> on any given scenario. I like to call that the bear strategy. Mm-hmm. When a bear is chasing you, only the fast ones make it out. So surround yourself with slow people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, this you always people always say, Don't be the smartest one in the room, but definitely don't be the slowest one in the room. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna lay down another scenario here. It's, uh, we have unlimited funds and we know a zombie outbreak is going to happen in four months. Um, and you know, when this outbreak happens, you lose all power, all clean, clean water, all sources of like gas, natural gas. Um, all you basically have is like small remnants of gas from broken down cars, um, wood to, you know, start fires if you need to. 
Um, all the crops have been tarnished across. It's worldwide. So you're going to have to start your own farm at some point. Um, you know, you can choose a group. Firearms are here and there. You got to find them. Um, and you could, you know, you have unlimited funds if that matters at the time. What are you doing in this scenario where, and these zombies are noticeably zombies. So they're like World War Z zombies or like walking dead zombies. Um, a and B. I'd say there's wow. a few runners okay. in there, a few walkers, some crawlers. Um, there's sup- no cure at the time for this infection. Um, what are you doing? So if I had unlimited funds, and this might be a little bit of a killjoy, but I'd buy a private island and go there with a sailboat and um, obviously bring enough people that I think I could work together with uh, to do you know, to survive. And at that point, it's not as uh, much of a factor as the zombies unless they're on the island already, which I'd want my refund if that was the case. And more about, you know, creating a sustainable infrastructure. But let's say that I didn't have some sort of island to go to. Um, I would just make my way into the woods, maybe make like some sort of either treehouse or uh, underground place. So what would you do for like food and all that? Um, because you have I like said as far form. as like what I would be buying beforehand. Yeah, so you got it. That's gonna last you for who knows long once the, the, everything tarnishes or goes away. So one thing that I do buy because of how useful it is is honey because it really doesn't have an expiration date and it's very like calorie rich. So granted, I mean, the vitamin value of it is not great, but then you probably want to buy vitamins as well, because knowing that you wouldn't have a balanced diet with whatever you're eating. Um, one thing that you would want to be sure you have is like some sort of seed or, you know, something that can be replenished. Like, let's say you just buy like lettuce or celery or something and start growing that. Because it can be grown if you, you know, water it and stuff, even from the stuff from the store. Uh, and what about, like, protection? I usually use magnums, um, but that's a personal choice, so each each their own. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not keeping yourself alive? Um, I'm definitely, so I would carry, you know, firearms that would be fit the scenario, probably a shotgun of some sort, a rifle, and obviously a handgun, because that kind of satiates all of them. Um, with that being said, I also would highly consider getting a motorcycle as well. And the reason why is because they're quite more, uh, quite a bit more nimble than like cars and stuff. And granted, you don't have this metal cage to protect you, but you can go through places that you normally would just have to find another way around or about in a, on a motorcycle compared to a car. And are you by yourself in the woods? Oh, no. I mean, hopefully I have people with me. <laughs> just as far as, because I feel like emotionally, it's it'd be hard to be stable and, you know, emotionally sustain yourself physically and then mentally. So I definitely want to have all three of those met. So having people would help with social and then obviously would help with, you know, being scalable and the fact that you can look for food and look for supplies and also plan a strategy with multiple people in tow. 
Yeah, I agree. So we'll throw a curveball in there. So say you're on your island and everything's going good. And unknowingly, little Mary down the the corridor is infected. What is in its in its spread? What is the game plan from there? Um, you take care of everyone who's infected. <laughs> so, so I, like, like I don't know how many people like, are on your island, but say like she gets infected and unknowingly, you know, drinks from the water well or gets whatever like, into yeah, your water and like shits in the soup or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like nine people get infected. I don't know how many people are on this island, but what is the the game plan? Uh, first contain, like containment, obviously. And, uh, other than that, I mean, you got to make sure that you are, have, there's some sort of barrier, I would say, between you and the infected people and then figure out an efficient way. And that sounds bad. Like the word efficient when it comes to neutralizing (laughs) infected people sounds really bad, but if they were full blown infected, then, you know, yeah, they're not the way of the times. Yeah, exactly. Could you... Could you take out? I mean, you said before, yes, you're bit, yeah, okay. <laughs> so you chop off your own leg, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you got to do what you got to do. So, and even the loved ones that you have, you'd be you could take them out swift with the swiftness, yeah, put them out of their misery. Easy. I, I think that that would be a little different at the time. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, sounds like Julian's surviving at all costs here. <laughs> I mean, if there's a chance that they can survive, yeah, I'll do what I can. I'll chop off their arm. Like they might not like it, but if they want to survive, I'll help them out. But if they, you know, are full blown gone, like I'm not going to be carrying around a, a zombie on a leash or like, you know, it's, there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be terrible if like two days later, like, oh yeah, there's a cure in the chest. Like, Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would suck. But I mean, that that's just a scenario. So, mm-hmm. all right. How about you, Julian? If you had unlimited funds and you had about a, how about two months to prepare? Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you bring? I would. I'd find a group of about eight people that I could trust in. I would have these eight people with my unlimited funds stock up on really professional quality cold gear um, along with implement a three-week farming program to understand how that works and then do some research on a colder area that I can still plant either I would either find a colder area that I can still grow crops or I would just with my limited funds create a greenhouse in that area and kind of build this blizzardy compound where you know people are trying to get in if they aren't prepared to get there there it's going to be trouble because it's going to be cold i mean muscle time or muscle reactions for these zombies are going to be a little bit slower um something with a, a wider plane so you can see far out and then i would stock up on prop some sort of ammunition and gun so maybe rifles and handguns i mean if i have unlimited funds too why not throw a rocket launcher in there that'd be pretty cool um and stock up on this make this small community um that's pretty tough to get to so that we're safe but i know nothing's coming in and kind of going from there not a whole lot of travel because we'll be growing our own crops and figuring out our own you know water source from hopefully the snow um if i don't have unlimited funds 
I am going to the high ground of some mountain somewhere that's a little bit flatter that I can, uh, you know, grow crops on and whatnot, see downhill. Um, so I understand what's coming up and still keep the same group, small group, you know, some sort of ammunition, probably stock up on a lot of comic books and, um, maybe find some sort of renewable energy, whether it's like a exercise bike that charges a battery or something along those lines. Um, and probably find, uh, some sort of car, you know, a Volkswagen bug would be preferable. (laughs) I don't know, just whatever car and, uh, go from there. Gotcha. And so do you see, would you foresee any serious like problems arising with that, with both scenarios that you just kind of like, I mean, if like, there was something to go wrong, what would it be? I mean, if someone got infected, that could go wrong. Um, you're in a small, tight area, so, you know, sickness could spread. Um, there's not a whole lot of outside socializing, so hopefully the people really like each other. Um, and maybe just, like, a mutiny of some sort, depending on who the leader is at that time or whatever. Gotcha. And so... In this scenario, if you had, let's say you were in the worst place ever, and maybe that would be a heavily dense, like densely populated place, let's say Los Angeles, what would you do in a scenario like that? Um, if I was in Los Angeles, I would probably move towards. I mean, let's say it happened right now as we're speaking on this podcast in Los Angeles. What, what would you do? Um, probably get in my car and drive a little while if it happened right now, seeing that I still have gas and people do and get out of the area. I wouldn't try to bunker down there. Just when you have a high concentration of people between orange County, you know, the like LA County, um, San Diego down the road and everything around that. Um, you, I would just get out of there. Like there's a lot of things that can go wrong or other people's actions you have to account for. And I don't want to be caught in the the middle of that. What about you? Uh, See, I would do on the contrary. I'd do the opposite. I would same scenario. I would make sure my water supply is the highest and then hunker down from there. And granted it could get a lot worse when I get out, but I think that I could survive longer by staying put for the time being and then get out later when there's not as much traffic. And granted, your car would be siphoned of gas and probably stolen by that time. But there's less people and maybe more zombies. Yeah, I was going to say, if you hunker down and you come out, you know, a few days later and they say there's millions of zombies, what is the strategy from there? Um, I mean, it would be the best strategy I think would obviously get out of that area and how to do that i don't know maybe like you know jump from building to building with you know with a hang gliding thing or whatever if that's even a thing that people would have in (laughs) in that area but i mean that's a tough scenario as far as you know having a huge amount of zombies in that area because it's just a crapshoot just like everything else well, I feel like at a high concentration of people, too, you could have a lot more people that aren't sick in this scenario that are just kind of crazy and, like, 
I mean, you've seen it in TV shows and movies that are just off the rails, just like popping whatever they want or shooting whoever they need or, you know, raiding for supplies or whatever. And I feel like that's more, I feel like a rural, rural, small town is probably the the best spot to be in. Like you might not have some supplies, but like you're not going to have as many factors as like a million people panicking and like focusing on the lives of, you know, their kids or just you know, taking their rage out for, you know, they aren't thinking long-term, but they're thinking short-term or whatever that is. Yeah. And so do you believe that those doomsday preppers that prep and prepare would be the best to survive? And granted, they've been preparing, but let's say that, you know, do they always have the best odds? Um, That's tough to say. Like some of those people that have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into a basically an underground house that's, you know, efficiently stocked for 12 years of food and water. And like, I mean, it might be tight and you might not be, I mean, some of them have figured out an airflow situation and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to tell on what some of those, but I think for the most part, those people would be relatively fine. Like first, like, yeah, you might know there's doomsday bunkers out there, but to get into one, like you'd have to find where it's at or understand how you know, it works. Um, and I don't think people's main agenda at that time would be like, I'm going to find my nearest bunker. It might be if you're in a town that has one. Um, but I think those people are relatively set just cause they've been doing it for so long and have thought about a lot of different possibilities. And I mean, they had that one show that showed all the different methods to get out of bunkers or fighting strategies or like alternative methods of um you know feeding and all this stuff so i think they've thought of it for a little while yeah certainly at some points i feel like that they would almost be too prepared or the fact that you know over they would look really good for somebody to be like hey that could be really useful if i had control of that and then target those people but you'd have to know where it was no certainly but i feel like in a community there is always people that know. Yeah. And so, you know, those loose ends might come back to. Yeah. But I think the thing too, is that like the, at least from the ones I've saw, like a lot of them have thought it out. Like those nest cameras, they have like 30 of them for, you know, five mile radius of people who's coming around and stuff like that. So I think the people in the bunker are the la- like the last resort boss that you probably want to stay away from because you don't want to be the first one to come to them when they're all prepared. But at the same time, you don't want to come to them when they're experienced and understand what's going on. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, do you think a zombie scenario, you know, huge outbreak, um, I guess you could say nuclear warfare, you know, something that is very detrimental to society could happen in the next I don't know, 300 years. Zombies, definitely not. Nuclear warfare, I feel like that might be one that's probably way more likely to happen. Um, Especially in 300 years when a lot of geopolitical things could go on. And I feel like that would be the only reason why. Uh, Besides that, I know that in the economics of things, once like countries stop trading with each other or, you know, help supporting each other in a symbiotic relationship. The war is more likely to pop off, either if that's intentionally through embargoes or, you know, other things have being less connected to another country. It almost facilitates or helps with the process of, you know, nuking them. 
but as far as nukes go, that'd be a very hard thing to give a probability on. How about yeah. you? What do you think? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to tell. I mean, it just depends on who's in control of what. Like, I think nuclear warfare is a huge decision. Um, depending on you know what your strategy is or whatever it may be zombie outbreak like i have no idea i don't know how that would start or it could but like at the same time you know it could happen with some weird strain of you know disease or virus that we're seeing yeah vacuumitis um that is you know you never know it could be like rabies there's something that just pops people off where people are slightly going insane or something um yeah, I don't know. Scenario, you never know. Could happen, could not. Um, if it did happen, I don't know. If, you know what's you know how it would happen. If it would be widespread, or you know, one of those just quick news headlines like five zombies dead in Ewok County. I don't know, um, something like that. Yeah, and so I think this is a great time to wrap it up. And I just wanted to thank everybody for listening and i hope you guys have really enjoyed this a little bit more out there and zany episode that we decided to do and give us feedback on it if you loved it if you didn't if you want to learn more about vacuumitis please let us know yeah we we're struggling with vacuumitis here too so we could definitely teach you some we could help watch you train over here if you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah thanks guys yeah thanks for watching